Hello, welcome to Mama's Nightmare. Come join us as we talk about anything from moms that murder to family murderers, kids being kidnapped and or murdered, or even being killers, which are all a Mama's Nightmare. I'm Rhonda. I'm Alicia, and we're a mother-daughter duo giving you our spin on these nightmares from a mom's perspective. Today we're going to be talking about the kidnapping of Kara Robinson. I'm Rhonda, a mother of two and a grandmother of four. I work full-time for a well-known app. I'm obsessed with true crime podcasts, shows, and documentaries. I'm Alicia, a wife and a stay-at-home mom of three who just started listening to true crime podcasts but like watching documentaries and thrill-seeking movies with my husband. I'm the one that suggested that we start a podcast since we love to discuss these nightmares and of course I think people need to hear our opinion on them. For today's nightmare, we'll be going to South Carolina to talk about the kidnapping of Kara Robinson. Trigger warnings for this episode are child rape and child murder. Thanks for joining us. Now, let's grab your favorite bag of M&Ms and let's talk about a nightmare. So, how are you doing today, Mom? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's been a better day. <laughs> I know. This time around, we are actually in the exact same room talking. It was one of my child, one of my children's birthday parties. Yep. And so, we are officially in the same room doing this. Yes. So this is very nice. Hopefully the sound quality will be much better this time. And hopefully we won't have a lag. We've been having a little bit of trouble with this doing it remotely. Being that um, Alicia's in the Chattanooga area and I'm in the Nashville area. So it's a little tricky sometimes and we're not quite that great at the whole remote part yet. So hopefully the sound quality will be much better on this one. Yes. If anybody has any uh any um, knowledge or <laughs> tips on how to do this remotely and to make it sound better, please, please, please let us know. Sites, anything. Sites, anything. But um, we are so excited. We have reached a lot of downloads and we got some new places on our, yes. on our map. We got North and South Carolina. We got Michigan, we got Indiana, and we also got... Hawaii! Hawaii! Woohoo! Look at that! Oh, that's so exciting. I've always Reaching wanted to out. go there. <sighs> so, if you're the Hawaii listener and you want to see it, want us to come visit, please feel free to share. <laughs> right? <laughs> we will take it. Oh, that's so exciting. But yes, we are very excited. And it's been a good weekend, too. And it's been a fun weekend. And we are both very tired after spending all day with these kids and playing <laughs> and having the, this birthday party and everything. Yeah. So. Chuck E. Cheese is always fun. So that you all know, it is very late. Everybody's in bed now, and we're going to try and get this out for you all. All right. But we're excited. I'm excited about this because I don't know anything about this, and Alicia has done all this research on I it, have and kept so quiet on this. It's ridiculous. It's really annoying. <laughs> I really don't want I'm like, when are we going to do this? When are we going to do it? Because I want to know about this now. So I'm excited to hear the story. All right, so you ready? I am ready. Okay, so this nightmare takes place in the summer of 2002. Oh, so it's not It's not, not too, terribly long it ago. It is not too terribly. She's probably, I mean, just a couple years older than me. I mean, it's really not that, uh, what, five years older than me? So, I mean, this one kind of hits home for me. Yeah. It's very... Okay, so this one was in Richland County of South Carolina. Okay. Her name is Kara Robinson. She was 15 years old 
when uh, when this all happened. She is the only daughter of Ron Robertson and Deborah Johnson, who were just newly divorced. Deborah dropped Kara off at her best friend Heather's house on June 24, 2002. Kara and Heather had planned on going to the lake later with all of their friends and Kara Robinson's boyfriend, whose name is Joseph. Heather just got her license. They were so thrilled about having no one thrilled about driving themselves and not actually having to go out and have ask to mom have to, to ask him. mom to come take you. Yeah, know all about that. And I remember that feeling too. That's, that's such a feeling of independence, and you're you are now grown up. Yes, you are finally there. You don't have to ask for nothing. Right. It's wonderful. But before they could go, Heather's mom gave Heather some chores. And uh, and one of them included watering the flowers outside. Now, Heather was planning on taking a shower before she left. So Kara told Heather, go take your shower and I'm going to water the plants. So they decided on that. Fifteen minutes later. Okay, Heather, so now Heather is the friend that she dropped the, her off at. And she's the one that has to water the plants. Yes, but she's going to gonna do it yes. for her. Okay, got Okay, I just yeah. wrap my head around it. Real yeah. Quick. Okay. Kara decided she would go outside and water the plants so that her friend so could take a shower. So shower and let's go. So we can get it going. I gotta go see my boyfriend. You know? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah, love. <laughs> okay, so fifteen minutes Lisa later. And the love and the dean and the love and the dean. <laughs> yes, that's exactly you said that. That's it. exactly what I thought of. Oh, that's what I was thinking too when I said it. So that's hilarious. Okay, okay just so everybody knows, we are Gilmore Girl fans, uh, so you will uh, probably hear obsessed. lots of references. Sorry, obsessed. Okay, so the thing is, is with this care with this whole thing, it is going to go into it. From here on out, it is going to go into minutes to hours and then even by days after this. Okay. So it's going to kind of... It's going to have a timeline. It's going to have a timeline and it's going to flip and flop back and forth because this is a kidnapping. So you have to know about what is going on on the other side and the side where... Who's it flipping and flopping back and forth between? Okay, it is going to flip-flop between the cops and the parents. Okay. What's going on on their side, and then what is going on with Kara. Okay. So we're going to hear both kind of simultaneously. Yes. I did listen to the biography. Is that what I would consider it? The biography. I'm still Somebody wrote it about her? She wrote, uh, well, she is the one who's talking in it. It is on, it's on uh, Xfinity on Comcast. And it's called the oh I can't remember what it's called. I have it in my in I have sources. it in my I have it in my sources. But it is one of those. Um, she's pretty much telling the story all by herself. She does have her parents, Joseph, and her dad. Like she has her mom, Joseph, and her dad, and then the police all talking. Okay. In this, so, so I have sure a lot. It's a biography or an autobiography. Maybe if it's, it's an written, auto. If it's written by Kara, it would be an autobiography. I'm I'm honestly not sure. I didn't get that much of a detail on who okay. wrote it, 
but I am doing a lot. I am, I am coding a lot from them personally because okay. it is about them. Okay. When we get to the sources, we can look and see who. Yeah. Okay. That. So, fifteen minutes later, after Heather got out of her shower, she noticed Kara wasn't outside, but the door was left open and the water hose was still running. Heather went inside and looked around and noticed that Kara wasn't there. But she noticed that all of Kara's belongings were still there, which also included her shoes. So, she hadn't just left. Kara called her mom and told her what happened. Her mom was nervous and that something had happened. So, Kara's mom, so Kara, Heather's mom called the police and reported her missing. Heather's mom also called Deborah. Deborah was in complete shock, but she drove down. Uh, she drove straight over there. But on her way, she was calling Kara's father, Ron, and who was out of town in Georgia, which was around four hours away. So he wasn't even in town at this time that this was going on. I have to say, in 15 minutes, that's awfully quick for them to decide that she's not there. Where is she? I don't well, know. Well, I don't know is. if it was for sure in the... Fi- that was when it started. That's when they noticed. Right. 15 minutes. So, I mean, that's great that she comes out and she's looking for her and she can't find her. And so, they've got... So, it, it had to... By the time the police got there, it still had to be very soon afterwards, right? I mean, it, yeah. it wasn't... It wasn't three days or 24 hours or... Yeah, I don't or, think it was truly... I mean, it was probably a couple of hours before the police... It may have been an hour or so before the police got there. But it was 15 minutes after her taking her shower that she she realized that her her friend wasn't there. Okay. Wow. That's... I have to give props to the friend for being that... For Heather, for being so... Well, I mean... Noticing right away. Well, you also have to think about it. They're planning on lengthen. Well, that's true. So, she's like, oh, where are you at? Why aren't you... Yeah. Trying to find them. So... It was very, it's very difficult what they went through. Um, Ron and Deborah divorced the month prior to this event. As soon as he got off the phone with Deborah, he got in his truck and headed straight back to town. Of course, he's still four hours away. So he's got four hours before he's going to know anything. Still has four hours. Heather called Kara's boyfriend, Joseph, and told him that she couldn't find Kara, and he got off work immediately and started to head his way to Kara's house. When the police arrived, Heather's, uh, when the police arrived to Heather's house, Heather told the police that the neighbor saw something. So the police went over there and asked some questions. They found out that Kara got into a green Trans Am. The neighbor didn't see anything unusual about the situation. There was no fighting and there was no struggle. The police knew too many cases about teenagers running away and started to believe that that was the case. Yeah, I mean, I can see that because if I hear that she's getting into a green Trans Am, I'm thinking, okay, she got in and there wasn't any struggle or no fight. She must have known the person, and so she was going, even if she's just like, you know, if another friend pulls up and says, hey, what's going on here? i got to do this, you know, and, and we'll come back and I'll help you water the flowers or whatever, then she might have gotten in willingly and went. It makes me believe that she knows the person. Yeah. So they asked they asked Deborah if Kara was an unhappy child or if she thought that she would run away. Deborah said no, she would never run away, and the police instructed Deborah to go home and wait by the phone in case Deborah called. Kara 
called. I'm doing the same thing that I do with my kids. Call them different names. <laughs> Everybody else's name. Everybody's different name now. The whole mom syndrome, yep. <sighs> Deborah needed to wait by the phone in case Kara called. Deborah said, and I quote, It was so hard to leave. I felt so numb and in disbelief. To, I kept thinking that Kara was just down the road and she would call or she would come back. But that just wasn't the case. It was so hard watching this. The tears that this woman had in her eyes and the and the shakiness in her voice. Even, I mean, this years later. I oh, could not imagine because that is a true This is like literally nightmare. my worst nightmare in my entire life. Is the thought mm. that you're just going to go out there to, you know, you're in a store and you turn your back for a second and you turn back around and the kid is not there and that absolute utter nightmare of it and then to think that this is a teenager a teenage girl and she's just vanished i don't know yeah. i i've now can't imagine now with this i because i'm a mom this is exactly what i'm gonna do i i just need to say this i have heard a lot of people saying that now instead of looking for your child if you are in a store and you've lost them, to not look quietly. Right. Even if it is embarrassing for you, you need to go, I am looking for a kid who what is five foot, 120 pounds. I don't know. I mean, they could be a big kid. I don't care. <laughs> 120 right. pounds, red shirt, blue jeans, brown hair, blue yeah. eyes, because it's going to make everybody look you're right. I've no. I have heard that before because and there's you, a huge TikTok yeah. video over this. Yeah, and it and does make good per, perfect sense because oh my gosh, you want everybody to know and everybody to stop what they're doing. And if I'm in a store and I hear a mother panicked and screaming that I'm looking for, I'm going to be stopping what I'm doing and looking for that kid yes. too. But unfortunately, this was not the case for Kara. And in 2002, we didn't realize In 2002, to do that. this wasn't a part of it. And in 2002, she was also a teenager. And she's not in the middle of a store. And she's, she's not in the a... middle of a store. She was in somebody's yard thinking she was safe as could be. But, so now, going back to earlier. While Kara was watering the flowers, she noticed a green Trans Am going down the street and then going back up and then pulling into Heather's driveway. A man looking to be in his late 30s wearing a baseball cap, a button-down t-shirt, button-down shirt, blue jeans, got out of the car and asked Kara if her parents were home. Kara said, no, this wasn't her house. It's her friend's house. So the man asked, well, is her parents home? She said, no. Then he asked if he could leave some magazines with her that he was holding. As, she as he approached Kara, she started feeling like something was terribly wrong, but it was too late. He already had a gun pressed to the back of her neck. Mm. He told her if she screamed or made a scene that he was going to shoot her. The man said, you're coming with me. Kara said, in that moment, and I do quote this, in, this, in that moment, I felt terror, but I knew I needed to do everything he told me to do. He told her to get into the car and to, into the store into a storage bin in the back seat. So this is like one of those oh big God. huge containers that you put all like 
we used to put all of our toys or right, yeah. clothes in, like those big storage bins. It's in the back of his seat, and he's telling her to get in. Oh my gosh, I cannot imagine the terror. Yeah. He told her to get in. She said, um, in the back seat, Kara said, at this point, and I do quote again, at this point, my brain shut off, my brain shut off my emotions, and I went and just to, I went into survival mode. I can see She started that. to put, <sighs> yeah, she started to put one foot into the storage bin. She laid down on her back. She put, uh, she got into the fetal position, and the man put the lid over the storage bin lightly, not covering it completely. He reversed out of the driveway and just drove down the street without anything. And nothing, and nothing. nobody's, in but 15, one neighbor, at least they do know the color and the make of the, make of yeah, the car. In 15 minutes, this all happened. Like, ah, <sighs> oh, 15 minutes. That's all it takes. Karen knew her life was at stake, and he was going to assault her. She needed to be her. She needed to rescue herself at this point. She started to memorize everything she could about her abductor. So that is when she decided, uh, for that when she decided to escape, at that uh, she could point out who did this to her. She memorized the storage bin that he put her in, like the they have a coat. They have those. Um, Barcodes. Mm-hmm. She memorized the barcode. Wow. Like she started to do like photographic memory to everything that was happening to her. The man pulled over a little while later and made her put a gag in her mouth, handcuffs on, and he tied a rope around her feet. He took her back to his apartment to be alone. He dragged her into the apartment. He opened up the lid of the container. And told her that if she didn't yell, he would take the gag out of her mouth. She, t- she shook her head in understanding. As Kara looked around the, the apartment, she noticed that she was in the living room that was cluttered with a lot of animals. Such as a guinea pig, a bird, a lizard, and other small animals. I mean, the, the room that they were showing, like it was very dim and almost like the 90s kind of look. I mean, it was the early 2000s, so, I mean, like, it was very... That's a real possibility, the 80s, 90s look. Yeah. And it it sounds to me, for me, thinking of that, it's probably not very clean. He's got all the little animals. Okay, first off, we all know men are not that clean. I mean, there are the men that have, don't, it's not, okay, it was a generalization, but it's not... (laughs) meant to be all men. Way to go to stereotype. I know. I hate to stereotype. Sorry, because... But I I just... In my head, I'm picturing when you're saying that, that there's all these people, that there's all these little animals and things like that. I imagine a hoarder type situation where there's all these animals That's everywhere. kind of what I thought. In, in, in my mind, it said a messy, like, cluttered area. Yeah. But, um... He told her to come with him, and he brought her into the bedroom. She started to look around, and she saw that there was a blanket of wolves hanging above the bed. He told her to sit down because he was going to tell her about the rules while she stayed there. Okay, the blanket with the wolves on it, I can see that in my head. It's one of those furry blankets with the wolf in the middle of it and the wolf head on it or, or the wolves or something. I can just see that is like 
from the from the show it was like one of those fleece blankets yes that's what i'm yeah. picturing because With i used to work in it. that you know i used to work at the uh, at the flea market for a friend i sold her sheets on the weekend yes and, and there the, was people who had, that. had those hanging yes, up it looked it looked a lot like that one and i just yeah. picture i can picture the whole thing that you're saying yes <gasps> Ooh, chills yeah so sorry if you have that blanket anybody Okay, so the number one rule was that he was always going to have a gun nearby. She had to listen to what he had to say, and if she didn't, and if she didn't do what it, what he said, there was going to be a consequence. Number two, which he only had two rules from what I could hear, was that she had to call him daddy. Oh, gross! <laughs> right? No, no. No, no, no. And even in the thing, when she said, yes, I have to call him daddy. And she said, I just get a chill going down. I just, I can't. I get a little vomit in my throat throat thinking about it. Yep, me too. Okay, so then he started to ask her a bunch of questions while he wrote down her answers. This is the weird part. Oh my gosh, he wrote down her? Yep. What a fruit cake. Some of the questions were like... uh, if she thought that her parents, friends, and her boyfriend would ever miss her. And this is what made Kara break down and realize that she may never see her family again. Okay, so the one hour mark of her being being gone. Around the first hour mark of Kara's disappearance, Joseph was being questioned by the police. They asked him if they uh, if he had anything to do with her disappearance, and that's when it hit him that this was actually something that very serious. Joseph then believed that someone had kidnapped her, and at that point, uh, and at this point, Deborah's at her her and Kara's home, waiting by the phone, just staring at a wall. I could not imagine Joseph and I had a teenage son, you know, and I can't imagine being the the parent of this teenage son who you you know hasn't done anything, but they don't the police don't know and of course the first person that they're going to question is going when he's met when she's missing. It's always is, the guy. It's the it's It would be if you the, were to go so romantic. If you were to go missing, they would question your husband. If I, you know, if I was to go, if you're dating somebody, that's who they're going to do. And so they're going to obviously go to him. But the terror in a 15-year-old boy, 15, 16-year-old. Yeah, he was about 16 because he 15, was driving. 16-year-old boy at that age that, would they talk a big game? But. Uh, I'd be sweating. But I'd you be, know. I'd be soaking wet, even though I wasn't guilty of nothing. Why? I'd be soaking wet with just having, ah. I am terrified even when I see like a cop just like driving by past me even though I'm doing nothing wrong like ah, oh right my gosh. right and so I couldn't imagine what this and he's upset he's found out his girlfriend is missing and they're and you're I can remember being that age and you're so in love with that person that you're with and you're so infatuated with them you want to spend every minute with them and so then all of a sudden that person is gone you are freaking out and I just feel for this Joseph yeah. who and I feel like most of the time they want to give a polygraph to these people to you know 
to somebody to rule them out quickly. Let's let's rule you yeah. out quickly and get you done. Of course, I mean, he did have, he was at work, you said. They called him from work. So he yeah. did have an, a, that I'm sure I mean, probably he, helped yeah, him. Now that I'm thinking about it, you said he was at work. But so, um, <laughs> he was he was talking about it in the in the thing and he was saying you know she was the love of my life right yeah she they were high school i mean they were high school sweethearts pretty much but um yeah care uh mom deborah had to wait at home by the phone she said she just stared at a wall in disbelief that this was happening to her baby girl all she wanted to do was to help with the search, but the police told her they needed her to stay home in case that Kara called or kept her with a ransom. But Joseph and some of his friends did start driving around looking for a green Trans Am, but they had no luck. Well, that's not a good thing either to have your 16-year-old hot-headed kid looking for a green Trans Am as a parent. I'm like, no, I don't want you out there. You won't. No. You're going to get not. hurt. It's so sad. So, um, now we're going back to Kara. Kara was crying, thinking about her family, but her captor told her to lay down on the bed, and I'm sorry, this is not, I'm trying not to be as graphic as possible with any of this, because, but this is rape of a child. (sighs) To lay down on the bed, and that is when pure panic hit, and Kara knew what was coming next. While being assaulted, it felt like it was happening to somebody else. Complete outer body experience. She was shut off. She shut off her brain and just left her body. Um, something inside of her said, "Do everything that he asks, to uh, everything he asks to escape and to survive, or to fight and die." Those are your two options. That is an incredibly brave thing for a 15-year-old girl. She is the most, I mean, she is absolutely heroic. I mean, I can't, um, I don't know if at my age now I could do that, much less Uh, at 15. No, I would fight back. I would fight back. I'd probably die. I'd probably die. I'm just being I am mouthy, so I would be. (laughs) You are so mouthy. (laughs) (laughs) Be a goner. (laughs) Yeah. So, Carrie decided to stay calm as for as long as she uh, to be calm as long as she could as long as she I'm sorry that came out wrong uh, she decided to stay as calm as she could for as long as she could to survive that's what I meant to say at one point there was a gun even close enough that she could reach it but she knew it was a small chance for her to win that fight so she didn't which was so smart the voice inside her mind said and i quote this gather information be complacent escape those are what and it kept going through her mind over she and had over to have been taught that she must have been because her survival skills are amazing and this, i want this, is, this for my kids this must have been I'm going to have to say this was some great parenting. Yes. Her parents had to have... And it's sad that in a, in this world, we have to prepare our children for something like this that might could happen. Yeah. Yeah. But because we do. This, this, fact, this is what happens. This is the, the, the worst nightmare of your entire life. But if you can save your child... 
Right. I mean, I mean you... that's just what you have to do. I mean, I've talked to my husband about putting our children in self-defense classes. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I don't ever want this stuff happening to my kids. Right. And I can remember, you know, telling mine, telling you guys when you were little, you know, we want to talk about stranger danger, but the fact of the matter is it doesn't necessarily have to be a stranger. And No, a and lot of times it is the person that they know. It is a person they know. And a lot of times kids think that a stranger is, they don't necessarily realize that a stranger is somebody they don't know. They think of a stranger, stranger danger as being Some somebody creep. who looks mean or somebody who looks, but it yeah. could be, it could be a woman coming up saying, I have lost my little boy. Can you help me find him? Or even a kid or, saying, I lost my toy. And then bringing and then them bringing back him. to somebody else. I mean, it's just anybody. We have to make them aware of these things. Yeah. And, oh. So... After her assault, her captor made Kara go into the bathroom, made her take a shower, and that's when she started to notice there was a can of hairspray, feminine hygiene products, a brush with long red hair in it. (gasps) Kara realized there was a woman who lived with her captor. So the same man who raped her in a did all excruciating things to her, was a man who had another woman in this house. So he had a girlfriend or a wife or whatever. After her shower, the man had made her sit on the couch with him, and she said she remembered, like, having a light conversation with him, like you would if it was a stranger that was in the line at the grocery store. She said she asked him what his plans were with her when he was done with her. And he said, I'm going to take you somewhere far away and leave you there. Okay. So you don't know where you are. So she doesn't, she's, that's right. Because she's been in this, she didn't even get to see where he drove her. She was in a crate, basically. Yeah. In a storage container. And then he drug her in, in the storage container, he drug her into the, Mm-hmm. house or apartment or whatever it is so she doesn't even know if she's in a house or an she apartment or whatever or a trailer or what in. yeah wow everything is just a blank thing for her at this point it's absolutely and terrifying. i doubt i mean i don't know she was really she seems to be really focused so maybe she knows that We've driven for about 15 minutes or we've driven for about 20 minutes from, but from i would she... be so scared i wouldn't I, I would be lost. I would have lost track of time. Yeah. She said that she was trying to count, like, she was trying to count how many turns mm. and stuff was happening so that she knew, like, around about how many, where she was so that she, if she could get out of the car, she could make it back home. Oh, well, that's She smart. kept thinking of that stuff. I don't think of that. But I don't think she remembered it afterwards, or if she did, or. That would be hard. And during that, all of what's going hard. on, that would I mean, be hard very to. traumatic. Yeah. But. This is four hours after the abduction. Ron, he finally made it to Deborah's house. At this point, he could see the panic and worry all over her face. And Ron had a hard time processing what was happening. Because who thinks that this is going to happen? Not my child. Nobody wants to think this will happen to your kid. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, Ron and Kara are inseparable like that is daddy's little girl 
like that is that's her person mm. and for him to be gone when all of this happened and like, now he's been gone for four hours he said it's like utter unbelief like you just don't think that this is gonna happen to you to Go your on a kid trip while you're gone on a business trip yeah and it, i mean oh just seeing those two and their hearts ripping apart makes me makes mine rip apart too yeah Oh, I can't. I can't even talk about it because it makes me want to cry. Yeah. Because, I mean, just hearing them break down over this years after the fact, it's still... I don't think it would ever... I don't think it ever... That feeling will ever... Would ever go away. No, I'm sure. Even as her... As an adult, you'd still be calling, asking how they're doing. I don't know how you would ever not, you know. (sighs) But, um... I yeah. need to know every second of your day where you're at, where you're going to be from here on out for eternity. I'm sure it took a very, very long time. Deborah hasn't heard anything from the police since she got home. So, Ron started calling the police. Oh, dear God. Wait. She's not heard anything since she she's... hasn't heard one thing. She was calling them and they wouldn't answer her. It's been four But, mm-hmm. to be fair, this is a smaller area of a town and I'm sure they were out looking for her. I don't care. I don't uh, care. No. That's my kid, and you've left me, told me to be... I don't know that I'd have still been at the house. Right? So they were trying to get answers, but had no luck. All he could do was pace the floors. I mean, who wants to sit there? I don't want to... I ain't going to sit there. I'm going to, like... And we say we're not going to sit there, but then again... What else are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because you've... You don't know where to go. You don't know what... And he doesn't... There's no guarantee that Ron even knows it was a green Trans Am yet because he's not talked to the police. And they sent Deborah back to her house. Did she even know it was a green Trans Am? Did, not you sure. know, what do they know? What do they really know? They said, like, I mean, they wanted to help. They wanted right. to do anything to Everybody, do, yeah. Anyone. I mean, to do anything. Yeah. And they were just like, I mean, but what do you do? But what do you do? Yeah, I mean... We want to sit here and say, well, I wouldn't be sitting there. I wouldn't be doing... But then again, we're not in yeah. that position. It's just like, those people who are like, well, how could you? How could you just sit there? Right. Well, uh, what do you do? I mean, you can't just go out and searching for something that you don't know anything about. You can't go pass out flyers because you ain't got the flyers made yet. It takes a while to get flyers made. You can't get, you know, you. what are you doing? I mean, you're sitting there. They tell you to go sit and wait and because she could call you she could call you so you don't want to leave because there's nobody there that's going to answer the phone if you're gone and you can't and it leave it has your, to be you if she if your baby calls phone. you better be there right uh. oh yeah so now we're back to Kara while Kara was in uh was with her captor he made dinner he told her she needed to eat at some point while she was staying with him she said she understood, but she wasn't hungry right now. So she said, is there anything I can do for you while you're cooking your food? So she swept his kitchen floor. <laughs> this, was the gr- uh, this was a great way for her to get close enough to the fridge to find out more information about him. Um, like the name of the dentist. So, 
Oh, you stick things on your fridge. You stick things on your fridge. You stick so all smart. these mag- magnets and stuff. And so she's sweeping his floor and glancing at the at the at the refrigerator. Yeah, because I mean, where do you put your you know but, those little cards they give you from the doctors and the dentist office? You stick them on there so you remember when you're gonna. When yeah, your I mean it's is, amazing or, though. Like I, she literally, it's like she took a picture. I don't know. And was able I, to say the address, the name, the phone number. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. This woman is like a rock star. Yes. I don't know because I couldn't tell you what my dentist's phone number is now. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <sighs> but back then, you didn't really have like, I mean, yes, there there were cell phones, but it wasn't like everybody had one. Right. I mean, I had, I still have your phone number memorized. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it was just second nature i still remember granny's old phone number I right mean, it's yeah. just something that happens the captor um made her watch the news to see if uh see if anyone was looking for her of course nothing was said about her because it was only a few hours yeah but she knew her family was looking for her yeah i mean a few hours into it as a teen and it, if she had been a five-year-old it would have been on there i'm sure but as a 15 year old and they the neighbor had said there wasn't any um that she it looked like she got in willingly then they're probably they're still up in airs i don't know maybe it's a kidnapping maybe it's not we don't know don't know so they're not gonna have it on there yet and poor mama and daddy are still sitting at home oh my god still sitting at home yeah all right so now we are eight hours into abduction her parents wanted to help but they couldn't uh they couldn't do anything they just stayed there deborah sat on the couch and prayed that her little girl would be okay but her thoughts were that her baby girl was gone deborah fell asleep at one point for a couple of hours now we're back to kara uh, the kidnapper told Kara that he needed to make a phone call and that she was going to have to go back into that storage bin. Uh, but this time, that storage bin was on the bed. I don't know why you'd put it on the bed, but he put it on the bed. She had to get back into the container. He put the gag back in her mouth, but he did not handcuff her. At this point, she started to hyperventilate and became very claustrophobic because oh, I think yeah. he actually sealed it. That was my, that's my guess on it. He closed it or something. He closed right? it. Oh. So, she started crying hysterically and felt like she could die. Well, with a gag in your mouth, that could very well be the the. The case. I mean, yeah. if you're... It... Uh, oh. Just having the gag in your mouth it would be enough to... Gag me? me? Yeah. No, I am... Nope. Much no, less no, no, being no. inside a storage container. Yeah. The, the it man... It has to be a real big storage container for me because I ain't fit in no damn storage <laughs> container. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, excuse Just me. Saying, this tell me this is a tiny little girl that's dipping in a storage container. Uh, from the, from the, I mean, 
the pictures of her even now, yeah, she's she's scrawny. She's, she's, a, she's a fit girl. Little teeny girl. Which I don't blame her on being fit at all. Good for you, girl. But, um, yeah, the man came back into the room angry and aggressive. After his phone call? Because she was making so much noise. Oh, yeah. When he got, uh, when she got out of the storage bin, um, she told him, like, I can't breathe. I'm having, I, I, she's just hysterical. She's crying. Uh-oh. She's like, I can't, I can't breathe. Oh, just thought of that. So, he decided. And the crying doesn't make it any better with the gag in your mouth. That makes it yes. all, it just, it's a tangled web there. So, I'm sure somebody's probably hearing it on the other side of the phone going, what's that noise? And my guess is it's the long red hair. <laughs> it's the girl with the long red hair. Or I see it as he's written this off to it's these animals that are in here. It's one of these animals that, you know, you've got this hoarding situation of these animals and all this other stuff. You could be making it up and. Oh, it's little piggy. Right. I mean. <laughs> She's wee 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 and all the way home. <laughs> you know, you got this guinea pig. The cat's trying to eat the guinea pig or anything, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, he decided he was going to give her, a, he gave her a pill and some Gatorade to help uh, with her anxiety. Uh, what did he give her? There is no telling. Kara mm. was assaulted many times. Mm, poor baby. Many times. But, she said there were other things that happened. Um, like sitting on the floor in front of the TV and he would make her watch porn, and then describe what was happening in that por- uh, in the porn to him. Oh my which gosh! What a sicko! She is a fifteen-year-old girl who doesn't who is a vir well who was a virgin is from what I'm hearing. So who knows what? Does she even knew what was going on? I mean, from, yes, from, I mean teenagers know stuff, but they don't they don't know as much as they think they know. Oh, uh, no. And I uh, hey. And I don't yeah. watch porn. I don't know that I'm going to know what's going on. I am not going to know what's going on. I am not going to know how to describe and it. I and definitely I definitely don't want to describe it when you're in here you are at 15. That's embarrassing as it is. I mean, it'd be one thing to be describing it to someone that you're in love with and they're talking to, but to somebody you don't even like and has just Yes. So, um, he also would make her do things for him that, as a 15-year-old girl, she didn't know how to do. And, but the thing is, is that because she has been so complacent and has been, he worked with her. It wasn't as... Well, how kind of him to work with her. Right! So, he wasn't too aggressive with her for not knowing that stuff. It's not like he beat her because she didn't know it. He's just going to explain it to her and tell her and show her what mm, Yeah. Teach her. Tell her how to do it. Because he's yes. so, you know. He's so kind. He's a kind kidnapper. As you know, he goes, before, this. If he goes before court, that's what he can be. T- I was so good to her, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. good. So now we are at 12 hours of the abduction. Kara's father was pacing the floors and praying that Kara would get out and run away and the the video that it was showing of him, he's like, I was just hoping like there's some telepathic 
yeah you know between me and my and my daughter from blood to blood that I could get this to her and and just get her out of there wherever she is yeah. and get her home as a parent you want to get when your kid gets hurt you feel it too so I'm sure that you're yeah. knowing you know all that stuff is running through your head about what's happening to her and you are in just as much agony mm-hmm. Deborah never left the couch Joseph Kara's boyfriend broke down he was terrified uh, he was terrified he would never see her again I mean mm. the man I mean he is a grown man in this and he is bawling his eyes out even talking about this while this horrific nightmare was happening to Kara all she could think about was and I quote gather facts make him comfortable wait for him to let his guard down and escape that is the things that went through her mind such an amazing kid I just yeah oh so, it was time for bed now she had to wear one of his t-shirts Ugh. he put the handcuffs back on which these handcuffs are um they're from like the adult store like the kinky oh the the fuzzy ones with the they have the little link thing they, they don't have a key they have a little link thing that you're supposed to secure and it's like a screw almost that okay. you have to screw it in this is all from her telling i don't know nothing about this I, kn- I would <laughs> I not know that, that i didn't know anything about these but it is it they're saying i mean that if they somebody are, is consenting adult and want to use yeah, those that's that, fine that is totally it's not up to like you. it's against it it's, it's just i don't know anything it. about it's them. just I had to I had to learn a little bit about these because they're she's because she talks about them she has to explain like what's going on with it. It's so sad to think that she a fifteen year old girl that. is really having to to tell you all about this stuff. But they so they they don't have they don't have keys or anything. It's a screw on so it screws into place, and so her hands are up. He has he has both of her wrists in the cuffs. Then he has a rope tied to the headboard, and then he has them tied around the handcuffs. Mm. So now her arms are pretty much almost above her above head. her head. Then he has one of her her he has her right leg tied to the bed post. Okay. So by the foot of the bed, he's got her foot tied. One there. and not not both, but just one. Just one. Well, how else are you supposed to have access? Well, I mean... When you're sleeping beside your captor. Well, that's true. But, uh, you know, you... Uh, For a minute... You know, like in television, you see them where they're like, they... Tie tie one to One leg to, you know, an arm to, you know, and there they are spreading all across the bed. And... But I get he's going to be sleeping in there, too. He is sleeping with her. Okay. Right. Gives me the willies. But she fell asleep very quickly because of all the drugs. She doesn't know what drugs they that he gave her, but she fell asleep. Well, and a 15-year-old kid who hasn't had any drugs, it's not going to take much to knock her out. <clears throat> yeah. Now we're getting to this. Okay, she woke up to a ray of light coming through the bedroom curtains. She realized that this, this is her moment. This is the moment she's been waiting for. It was her time to escape. 
She paid attention to her captor to make sure that his breathing was low, slow and steady, in and out. He's in a deep sleep, please, 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 please. She started to work on the cuffs. She tried to use her hands to unscrew the quick link on the cuffs, um, but she couldn't get her fingers there in the right placement. Oh. So she had to use her teeth. So she had to use her teeth, then pull it until, Slow, but... until she finally got it loose enough to where she could finally get it with her hands. Right, yeah. So then she removed the, she removed the restraint that, um, when she finally got that loose enough, she got it slipped out from the rope. But still, you gotta be quiet because you, you don't want to, to be quiet. And... Yes. <gasps> but she said that she had to get, uh, then she had to untie her foot from the bedpost. Then she had to slowly roll herself out of the bed to make sure that he doesn't wake up. Well, we all know. We've all been there when we're trying to roll out of bed to not wake up somebody. Whether it be wake a up baby a baby. Oh, or yes. a partner. You know, if your partner has just went to bed and they're, and they're exhausted and you don't want to wake them up and you're crying real slow. Yeah, with my baby, out. I'm like a rolling. And the, she's like on top of me. Or the baby and they, you know, you make a move and they sling themselves on you and you're like, crap. I could start all over again. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. Okay. So... She removes the restraints. So now she is still tied to the bed, though, with her with her wrist because she's still up there. So she had to slide her hand out of the restraint, but she still had one cuff on her wrist. Okay, so she got she's got she only one. got one wrist out all the way. So then she finds her pair of shorts. She finds her shorts, she puts them on, and she went to the door. And at this point, she saw that the deadbolt was locked. Okay, so she's gotten out of both of them now. She, she's gotten out of only one. She's got one attached. She's got it attached to her still. She, the way but not he, attached to the bed. Not attached to the bed no But more. she's got it on her arm. She's gotcha. got it on her okay. arm. She said she got to... So you got to be real quiet because you don't want to rattle it. Yeah, so you're pretty much like you're holding it, trying to find. She's finally gotten to the door to get out. The deadbolt is locked. The doorknob is locked too. And then the closet next to the door has an accordion door. We all remember those oh, yeah. beautiful doors. Yes. It was broken and leaning outwards over... That door on top of it. So, you know they make a lot of noise. So, you got to move the door. So, you got to move the door. To get to the lock. To get <laughs> Yes. So, she said she knew she was going to have to make noise. But she knew that if she'd made noise, it had to go all at once. She had to do it. The last minute when you're last heading out minute, that door. You, you have to be, pre pre be prepared and do it quickly. So, she put her hands on the door. And she got out there. She just ran as fast as she could. Out of there. Mm. Everything was a blur as she ran from her captor's home, not knowing if he was awake, if he was running after her, if he was getting his gun and shoot, going to shoot at her. I was gonna say he's gonna shoot but her. All, but she couldn't stop to look and see. No. She saw a car driving run, across run, the. Run. She saw a car running across the parking lot, and she ran straight to the car. 
There were two men inside. She held up her wrist and said, I was kidnapped. Can you please help me? And she said, what do you want me to do? You have got <laughs> to be kidding me. <laughs> yes. that's. <laughs> she said, can you take me to the police station? She got into the back of the car and Kara said that was the beginning of feeling safe again. I have to say, though, the bravery of her getting in a car with two men that she doesn't know after just having that done. After just having that experience. I don't know that I could have... Uh, I, I don't know. What would you do? You've got... you got to trust somebody, right? But how do you know they're not on their way to meet him to do something else to her? I mean, it's just... Oh, my God. I know. It is... Huh. Doesn't matter what it is, it's still scary any other way. But being away from him makes you feel any safer, I'm guessing. She gets to the police station. She goes inside. There's only one sheriff in there, or one police officer. Carrie said she went in. She held her arms up, held up her cuff, her handcuff, and she said, I am Kara Robinson. I'm quoting this. I am Kara Robinson. I have been kidnapped and I have escaped my captor. The police officer that was in the police station, he said he has never seen anything like this before. Ever. Had no idea no. what to do. The police officer then called the investigators, which is, you know, the detectives and all of that, to take over the case. The detective got there and asked her for her story. She was very quiet and collected. And he could tell that this was a very serious matter. So, she, okay. Mm-hmm. Real quick, though. Mm-hmm. So she's not in the same town, is she? She is in, is she in the same town? I, they would have been. I mean, if if I'm, I'm thinking if she runs in and she says, I'm Kara Robinson, they're like, we've been looking for you. I think this is, or, like, the county over, or a couple of counties over. Okay, so she's not, like... Not exactly in that spot, but okay. she is still in... You would think that they would all know, but, again... This is in 2002, so, I mean, this was 20 years ago. Oh, that's so sad. I, that is that really just, sad okay, to that say. that just broke my heart <laughs> a little. That really broke my heart. To say. But, <laughs> yeah, that... Okay, 20 years ago. But... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you would think, though, that... I would think that they would know in counties that they would be right there and they would know. But, again, it hadn't made the news when he was watching, when they were watching it. Because, again, they don't know whether she's ran away. And it could be a ransom. You don't want to alert them that they know. Or... Well, and Mom and Dad haven't heard anything yet, so... We don't... Yeah. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. So now, we're going to waste time, instead of getting her back to her mama and daddy, where she need to be. Yep. They're going to waste time and ask her for her story. Yep. She proceeded to tell them what happened to her in a very calm manner and gave them a bunch of details to help them with their investigation. I mean, she had pretty much photographic memory this entire time over everything. The police called Kara's mom and told them that they had her daughter and that she was okay. I mean, but how Well, thank okay. God they did something right, finally. I mean, but it's how not, okay is she? Well, you know... She's at, alive. At that point, you're... She's, she's alive, and we know that we love her, and she knows she's loved, and she but will make it. Kara but Kara said that she could hear her mom over that phone call, and she said that all she could hear was her mom just crying. 
Yeah, I mean, could you imagine the relief of, you know, as a mom, that they say, we've got your daughter and she's fine. You know she's not fine, but she can't, but she's alive. And that's what matters. That's and they've got her and she's alive. Point. Yeah. So, the police asked Kara if she could take them back to her captor's apartment. But she, she did. But she couldn't remember exactly which apartment it was because they all look the same. And they, the apartments, I mean, they are the, they are like apartments that are here. They are very generic. Everything is the exact same. But that's a part of it being an apartment. True. But there are a lot of apartments now where some are bricks, some are... You know, some are wood, some are paneling, all of these other things because they're trying to update some of them, well, trying to make them look different. That's true, but, but mo- you know. let's face it. Most apartment complexes, they all look the same. Yeah. And you're running in there and you don't know if... When you're running, you don't go, wait a minute. Oh, hey, you, stop. What letter is this? <laughs> you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I used to work for uh, for a grocery company thing, and I would have to I would have to hunt down the maintenance people to find out, which is exactly what they did. Oh, good. The sheriffs, because they have been in this kind of situation before, where they have to find a certain place, but they don't know exactly where. They're like, the maintenance people are the people that know everything. They know the stuff. They know everything. So they found the maintenance manager of the property. Kara told him all about the man. She told him that he was in his late 30s to early 40s, that he was a white male, brown hair, the one, a woman living with him with long red hair, and they had a bunch of animals. The maintenance man goes, Oh, I know, which oh, one I know exactly which apartment you're talking about. That is 301. After the police identified the apartment, they took Kara back to the police station where she could be reunited with her mother. And Kara broke down at that point. Okay, this part's going to get me cold chills a little bit. Her mom said, and I quote, I walked through the door. Uh, I walked through the door. Uh, she walked through the door like nothing happened. Like, nothing was wrong until she saw me. And then she fell apart and became a 15-year-old kid again. Oh. <gasps> yeah. Okay. So then Kara had to go to the hospital and have a rape kit done. The police then came back to her and wanted to ask her a bunch more questions about the actual events. And this was the time where Kara looked at her mom and said, can you wait outside? <gasps> She didn't even want her mom to know. And that's when her mom said that she knew that the Kara that was kidnapped is not the same Kara anymore. She left a she left a child, but she came back an adult. Yeah. Oh. <gasps> okay, so here we go. Now she's trying to protect mama. Now she's trying to protect her mama from what happened. She's been through all this, and now she's trying to protect her mother. Yeah. I mean, she's uh, she's a rock star. Uh, I can't. I can't. Okay. I know. This this one's uh this one's a very hard one. Okay, yeah. Okay, so here we go. So the next step was the officers going down there and finding out who was leasing the apartment of 301. They found out that it was a man named Richard Mark Ivonitz. Um his wife was out of town at Disney World while the abduction was taking place. 
Oh, dear Lord. Yes. So now I'm going to give you a little background. <sighs> Richard Ivonitz, a.k.a. Mark. He did not go by Richard. He went by Mark. Okay. Was born on July 29th, 1963 in Columbia, South Carolina. He is the oldest of three children. He was in the Navy for eight years with an honorable discharge, but he was bumped down to a petty officer second class due to a pleading guilty to masturbating in front of a child under the age of 16. He received three years probation and had to pay fines. Mark was also married twice, once to a Bonnie Growler, Gowler, Gower, G-O-W-E-R. Gower? G-O-W-E-R. Gower. I'm Gower. Thinking. From 1988 to 1996. Now, I want you to remember that, 96. It's a big big thing for here in a little bit. Then to a Hope Clowry. Crowley? Crowley? Crowley, I guess. C-R-O-W-L-E-Y? C-R-O-W-L-E-Y. I would say Crowley. Crowley. From 1999 all the way up until. So there now, was like three years in there he was not married. Yes. Okay. They were able to finally secure a search warrant for his apartment. They went in hot. They had all their weapons out. They did the whole search. They searched the entire apartment, top to bottom, and it was clear. So he was already gone. He well, was, yeah, he's a piece of crap. He's going to run. Yep. So it was clear. While conducting their search, they noticed there was a footlocker, and it was locked, so they had to break the lock on it. Inside that locker, there were panties and newspaper clippings of unsolved murders of three girls around the ages of Kara, Sophia, Sylvia, and and sisters, Katie and Kristen Licks. This was from 1996, six years before Kara's abduction, in Spotsylvania. God, I cannot say this one. Spotsylvania, Virginia County, Virginia. Ah, I'm sorry if I'm messing that up. It's almost like Transylvania, but it's Spotsylvania. (laughs) Can't say it all the way. It is really hard to say. Yeah. But, so now here we go. <sighs> okay. The serial killer of Virginia from 1996 to 1997. And I, and I have to, this is what's very hard is because I want to give these girls all so much justice because they deserve it. Because these girls are rock stars on their own. But this is about Kara. But I still want everybody to know a little bit about them. But if you want more information, I do have that in my resource also. And if you want to hear more about them, please let us know. And I will do another one on them. But on Monday, September 9th, 1996, school just started back for Sophia Sylvia. A 15-year-old girl with gorgeous curly black hair. A big, beautiful, bright smile, whose favorite color is purple. 
she always had it on her nails paint she always had her nails and toes painted and she always wore a flash of purple on her on her shirts Sophia came home from school and let her sister let her older sister Pam know that she was home she grabbed the phone like all teenage girls did do did I mean, still do, but, I mean, this was back in the day. You had to go grab the landline and grab it to go talk to your girlfriends. So, she called her best friends and let them know the latest gossip that was going on around the school. Just after that, she uh, she lay down on the couch and decided to take a cat nap because school was hard this, hard right now. She just started high school. Oh, yeah. After the cat nap... She took the phone back up to her sis- her older sister and told her that she was going outside to do her to do her homework. So, Sophia grabbed her homework and a grape soda and she sat outside. But Sophia was a little energized after her cat nap, so she decided she was going to go check the mailbox at the end of the driveway. When she got there, there was a man in a green Ford Taurus who pulled up. He got out of the car and asked her for directions. Before Sophia could even think, he grabbed a rag and put it over her mouth, bent her arm back behind behind her and handcuffed her. She was still trying to get away, so he hit her so hard he knocked her out. Oh, this feels like something about green cars, too. Yeah, he, he's a creep. <sighs> now... When Pam came down the stairs later, she noticed that Sophia's homework and her grape soda was untouched. She thought, hmm, maybe she just went to her friend's house across the street instead. So, later that night, after Sophia's parents came home, they started looking for her and calling everyone they knew, but no one knew where she was or heard anything. Then, her parents decided to call the police they told uh they told them that sophia was a happy child that she never she would never leave without telling somebody the police of course thought it was a runaway there was no worry and, we and no foul so play so many times yeah that they don't believe it they think she's and no foul runaway. play don't yeah. worry and she'll show up right the thing is is that she is still an underage child. She still right. should try to... You should still look for her to come home. Right. Yeah. So, that, that's my most irritating thing. But, see, this one makes more sense to me because with Kara, it's amazing. I'm amazed with Kara. 15 minutes and they're like, dude, I can't find... Mom, I can't find her. She's gone. She's just vanished. This, mm. this friend was on top of it. If it hadn't have been for her, they, uh, you know, what... I mean, she didn't really save her, I guess. Kara saved herself when she got loose. But they were looking for her, and they were diligently still searching for her and doing those things because they had, in 15 minutes, knew that something, that girl knew something was up when she couldn't find her. But it's just, in this one, it makes a little more, seems a little more like what would happen when her sister comes out and says, well, where'd she go? (laughs) And she and mom and dad come home and they're sitting down for dinner and they're like, "Where's she at?" She's like, "Oh, I thought maybe she went to her friend's house." And they're like, "Oh, they start calling." So much like my kids. I'm like, "Where's so and so?" I don't know. (laughs) Right. It wasn't me. 
<laughs> I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that to me sounds like, oh, yeah, now that, so. That is exactly it. But, um... But the family didn't stop looking for her, and they had a very hard time with this, about the police not looking for her. Sophia's mother called the sheriff's wife and told her about <laughs> this go, case. Sophia's mother. Yeah. I'm sorry. I forgot to put her name in here, but I believe her name is Patty. Um, yeah. So she called the sheriff's wife and told them about this case. Then the wife called her husband, and he agreed <laughs> this is not a runaway case. <laughs> yes, I love that, too. That's why I had to put that in there. But So the police force started to look for her everywhere they could think of, behind her house in the woods, in the nearby body of waters in their district. They also put up photos of her in all the surrounding areas. They had no luck. They also even aired Sophia on America's Most Wanted episode, which this gave them a ton of leads, mm -hmm. but they all went nowhere. <sighs> a little over a month later. I mean, there is a lot that goes into that, and I had to just cut that all the way out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a month later, a farmer found a decomposed female in the King George County Creek. The corpse had purple nail polish on her fingers and toes and she was wrapped in a blue blanket. Oh. The police started focusing on a Carl Rausch who was 44 and I'm hoping I'm saying that right. R-O-U-S-H Rausch? Yeah, I would say Rausch. Um, who was involved in petty crimes such as indecent exposure. He lived about four houses away from Sophia and has been seen talking with Sophia before. The police found hairs and blue fibers and purple flakes on in Roush's car and had appeared to be similar match in this had to be a match to the similar fibers from the corpse. Of course, this was back in the day. They didn't have as much information like Not stuff as much back then. And, yeah. But Roush was charged with Sophia's murder. And the circumstances of the evidence appeared to be strong and very easy to prove that he was the killer. Yeah. Well, a lot of people have been, you know, a lot of people have been uh, arrested and charged for a lot less yeah. than that, you know. So, it's not, I'm not shocked, but they, but he did get arrested and charged he, with it, yeah, you said. Yeah, he got arrested. Oh. But then, on May 1st, 1997 while Ra while Roush that's really hard to say was behind the bar behind bars two more girls were captured two sisters Kristen and Katie Licks Kristen is a 15 year old girl who is just finishing her ninth grade year who loved horseback riding which she took lessons every Thursday afternoon uh uh at the Hazel Wild Farm. Katie was a 12-year-old who was just finishing her first year of middle school, and she drew a picture for the Robert E. Lee elementary calendar, which had two people with rags in a bucket uh, scrubbing the world. Katie saw the world as a place where people could make a difference. Mm. I know. 
these two girls were their uh, were their parents pride and joy this one was patty and ron so i i messed up on that one so this one is patty and ron um patty and ron i mean couldn't love their girls anymore yeah. i mean they were very protective parents um both girls went to school that day they came home on the school bus school bus driver even told the police that they came home safely so they knew they made it home the girls always called their parents uh when they left uh when they came home um they talked to them every day but this thursday afternoon they did not call so they got off the bus but they never made it into the house to make the phone call that i'm home they didn't make the phone call that they were home. Because, you know, that's the first thing you got to do when you get home is you call me. Yes. That's exactly it. I always had to do it. I'm home. Okay. What do I need to do? You would give me my list of chores to do. But their father, Ron, called their house. There was no answer. So he called his wife, Patty, to see if she heard anything. She hadn't heard anything from the girls either. So they decided that Ron would take off early and go to the house. Now, um, he was already going to leave early because it was Thursday and she had her horseback, uh, and then Kristen had her horseback riding lessons. So okay. that's one of the reasons why they just told him to go ahead and go home. So he's like, you just leave them. a little bit earlier. I'll just than leave normal. a little bit earlier and go check on them because he figured, you know, they're girls. I'm sure they were, who knows, fighting, doing whatever, instead of they just forgot to call. So once he arrived at the home, he noticed that Kristen's backpack. And her school books are all out on the lawn. And the door uh, and the door to the house was wide open. <sighs> he went into the house and noticed that Katie's book bag was on her bed, but no sign of either one of the girls. So he called his wife, and then they called the police. I see this playing out in my head. It's not good. But I see one of them was still outside. One of them made it inside. And here's the other one yelling and runs back out. Yeah. From... I read a book on this, and a lot of it talked more about Mark, so I didn't use a whole lot of it, but, and it's all perception of what they think is happening, we don't, but okay. it was that um, Kristen was taken first, because her stuff was outside, Katie was inside putting her book bag up, and she heard a ruckus outside, she went to go look for Kristen, and saw the man, he grabbed her. And put her in the trunk along with Kristen. Mm. And took them both. And Kristen is the oldest one that's the 15-year-old. Because apparently he's got a thing for 15-year-olds. He has a thing for 15-year-olds, but he oh. took the 12-year-old But he took too. the 12-year-old because that's just for a game. Right. Oh, my God. <coughs> Goodness, sorry. Okay, so there was a massive search for these girls. Um, around... 1,500 people, both professional and volunteers, searched the woods surrounding the girls' homes within a 12-mile radius. They had search dogs in the woods searching for Kristen and, Katie's, uh, and Katie, but, uh, and hundreds of items were collected and bagged. But the, sis the Sisk's sisters were never found. They made flower flyers and posted... With, uh, posted their descriptions with them. 
on May 6th at 2 uh, 2:20 p.m. a road maintenance worker found two submerged bodies floating in the South Anna River on Hanover County. Oh, I hate this dude. The police determined that the girls were either smothered or drowned and they were raped. Also, their privates were shaved. Um, also, all right, uh, yeah, mm. but they did believe at this point whoever killed Kristen and Katie also killed Sophia. The investigators re looked at Roush's van and found several mistakes with the lab. They dropped the murder charges on Roush and started hunting a serial killer. Well, at least Roush. Might have been a perv, but at least he wasn't that perv. Yes. And they did. I'm but a the maid. thing is, is that once you've been convicted, I mean, do you ever really. That's all you're ever going to be known as. So I feel for this man who has been charged with something that he didn't have. I do. I mean, it's terrible because he's not. He was convicted of rape and murder of a child. So therefore, he's. You know. Once they found out, they let him go for it. Let's be honest. If he's your neighbor and he was arrested and convicted for it and then he gets out, are you going to want to live next to him? Even though they say he didn't do it? Yeah. How do you know? Prove it. So. Yeah. So. They followed over 11,000 leads and tested DNA over 400 thousand convicted felons years went with no useful evidence or leads that's great but they've got to be convicted then for him to follow that Mm -hmm. dna evidence and and after and this is after the case had been broadcasted nationally and there was a reward for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars they had no luck then in June of 2002, police discovered Yvonne's lair. He was already gone. Yvonne called his older sister, Kristen, because she's notorious for standing up for her brother. She met him at McDonald's and booked him a four-night stay at Days Inn and paid cash. She knew, uh, she knew he was in trouble with the law, but did not know the extent of it. Okay, you tell me you're in trouble with the law and you want me to fund your vacay in the day's end. Let me just say, no. Right. I I mean, I love my brother, but it would be like, I'm sorry. Peace out. <laughs> but I Sucks ain't to going to be you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I ain't going down for your mistake. I don't care what it is. I ain't going And down. I don't know what you done. But if they looking for you, I suggest you turn yourself in. Yeah. Um, so, the police put an, e- an EOB on Yvonne's Trans Am and started tracking him. The next day, he tried to call his wife because he wanted to leave the country. He wanted to leave the country together. He also tried to make... Well, also, now you want to worry about her and take <laughs> yeah. her with you. He also placed a, he also placed a call to help... Uh, for help with his younger sister Jennifer, um, who lived in 
Brayden, Brayton, Florida? Brighton. No, Braid. Braden. Braden. Bradton. Bradton. Bradenton, I think is how Bradenton, they say it. Florida. <clears throat> okay, so on June 27th now, this was the 25th is whenever Kara got out. Okay. So we are back. So two days to later. Yes. Okay. To the present time. So on June 27th, around 10 a.m., before leaving South Carolina, Mark withdrew $300 from his banking account. Smart move, dude. From an ATM in Jasper County. Yes! Stupid move! Let's do it! Yes! So what we need. Of course, the police were already tracking his whereabouts with his bank transfers and cell phone calls. They be checking those bank records, brother. They tracking you. But Mark had his phone turned off so they could not use his couldn't track him. signal, got it. Yeah, couldn't use that. We know what ACM he was at. That wasn't useful. But while he was traveling across Georgia, he placed a call to Kristen to confess his sins and to tell her how ashamed he was. So now he tells the sister what he's done. Yeah, after she's put him up. Yeah. Just so you know, you've abetted a a felon. Just so you know. I'm just going to say, you best be turning his butt in. Yeah. So... After crossing the state lines into Florida, he made a call to Jennifer, his younger sister, his youngest sister, because he is the oldest, his youngest sister, Jennifer, when he was nearly, uh, when he was near Jacksonville. She agreed to meet him at the IHOP near Brayden. She's setting him up. She best be setting him up because that other sister better have called her and done told her what's going yeah. on. Uh Mark could count on his sisters, but he didn't count on the fact that a power of a conscience <coughs> would be a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. So she reported the appending meeting to the uh, Sarasota officers of the F- office of the FBI, which passed the information on to the local. Sheriff's Department because this was in their jurisdiction. Deputy Timothy Hartman and Brett Owen went to the I oh, went to the IHOP and their cars but couldn't find him. Richard spotted the deputies and parked on the uh, parked at the street across across the street at a nightclub. Sounds more his style than IHOP. Anyway. Right. So, Mark called his sister and left a coded message. On, and I'm throwing quotations marks up because, really, this is not that quoted. Because I quote on her answer machine. I'm, on the op- I'm at the opposite location. And hoping she would understand his message and meet him there. <laughs> the police spread out to look for him. Deputy Owen spotted Mark's car in the parking lot. Of the Mafudpuckers Bar and Grill. Um, They saw his Ford Escape. So he was in a Ford Escape now, not his Trans Am anymore. Is it green too? Because it seems to have a thing for green cars. I actually think this one is white. But it doesn't, uh, it's not stating right now. Um, Mark 
pulled out, uh, pulled his car out onto Route 44 and floored it towards uh, Sarasota. Yeah, nobody's Dep- gonna notice you, yeah. buddy. Well, he noticed the deputy, so he's <laughs> don't he's try to be inconspicuous. Let's floor it and go. Yeah, yeah. So Deputy Hartman was behind behind the wheel, and he took the first position in this car chase. Every mile of this chase increased with police cars, including Deputy Owen, because he got back and he, you know, he, he Ooh, hurried like on up and got out there. All over again. Yeah, so he had to get back into his car. But after uh, Mark was spotted in the parking lot around 10 p.m., um, Mark killed his lights in the attempt to disappear from the police. Yeah, he they started. Don't know you're there. Yeah. He started weaving out of uh, in and out of traffic, going around ninety miles per hour. Mark, you're an idiot. <laughs> they know you're there at ninety miles an hour. You can turn the lights off. It don't matter. They still know you're there. Word. But Deputy Hartman was right on his tail the entire time. Uh, when Mark reached Whitfield Avenue, Sergeant Paul Fieber called off the car uh called off the car chase because it was getting too dangerous for the citizens at this point the police yeah so at this point though mark thinks he's made it oh yeah well of course he does yeah mark's an idiot he thinks he's in the clear he's a free man but the police have laid out tire ripping teflon nails (laughs) teflon nail strips along the highway which blew his tires in a roar and he lost complete control of the car. The police had 14 officers surrounding in Mark's no car in a, 15, in a 15 foot perimeter. You go, dudes. Mark held one hand out the side of the window. I hope somebody shot it off, but anyway. And one hand held a gun. He put the gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. And he <gasps> what took, a loser. He took the coward's way out. Mark Ivonitz died on June 27th, 2002. What a freaking <clears throat> loser. Now, as of today, yes, he's an absolute loser. He's pathetic. He is scum of the entire earth, and he doesn't deserve any. That's the one reason why I did not name him until the very end. Because he didn't deserve. He doesn't deserve anything. He doesn't deserve Oh my God, I cannot believe that. But, as of today, Kara Robinson married her high school sweetheart. She married Joseph Chamberlain. Oh, they got married. They got married. And they have two beautiful little boys. Oh. Kara has received the money for the $150,000 and helped to bring justice to those three girls in Virginia. She also got to meet with those parents. Oh. Now, the rock star of this whole thing. Yeah, she's amazing. And she even worked for a while with the police, uh, with that FBI. She was actually in his office after schools and on on summer vaca- uh, on her summer breaks and all of that stuff. She's amazing. But that brings us to the end of our episode. Oh, this was an up and down and a... This is an up and down and a All the way around, and Kara is amazing, and Mark, scum, 
True scum. Is lower than scum on the of the earth. I mean, just what can you be? Nothing. There's absolutely nothing else that you can be. I mean, you're just nothing. But <clears throat> thank you for listening to Mama's Nightmare. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, Audible, Amazon Music, and Samsung Podcast. Uh, comment. You can comment anything, just one word. It just helps us create an algorithm and it helps us get our name out there. Plus, hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss out on next week's nightmare, where I'm going to be telling Alicia about the Grover Cleveland School shooting. We have a Facebook and Instagram at Mama's Nightmare Pod, where, we'll, where we will be posting pictures from each of our episodes. Also, if you have any suggestions on cases that you would like us to cover, please email us at mamasnightmarepod at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Alicia and Rhonda, and we hope you have nothing but sweet dreams. Good night. Good night. <laughs>